Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the readings, the daily assigned readings, we are in the epistle of St. Paul to the Philippians right now. And the reading for tomorrow has uh, a verse in it that has Paul encouraging the Christians at Philippi to conduct themselves in such a way as to be worthy of the Holy Gospel, that they do it in one spirit and one mind, striving together for the sake of the Gospel. Unity in Christ, conduct worthy of the Holy Gospel, is hard. Because there's always, well, wherever there's even one mind, you might be of two minds. To get a whole bunch of people together is to have a host of opinions uh, as you are putting together so many different homes, so many different ways of doing things. But Paul is very explicit, and the New Testament scriptures are explicit about the unity of the church. And I kind of alluded this last Saturday evening to the unity of the church, uh, being of the guidance, being under uh, synod of bishops, uh, spiritual uh, experience that resides within the church, the wisdom of the church, uh, and then the ordained pastor in a particular context, priest. This Tonight, I would like for us to just for a moment think about what it means for us to have one mind or one way that we can develop developing this one mind and to be able to conduct ourselves worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The one mind that I would suggest that we all would need to gather is not a shedding away of individuality or personality, but it is a gathering together to put on together the mind of Christ in humility and in deference for the weaker uh, that we grow to imitate Christ and his, especially his sacrifice, his way of life, that starts from the very beginning to the end, not just um, given to us in the cross, but the cross as the kind of uh, way in which we can interpret the entire life of Christ, his ministry, and the love of God. What I would like to suggest as a practice for developing this mind of Christ uh, may seem a little mundane, uh, but I think it actually has depth and uh, a great history within the church. And that is actually something that we've already done this evening. Uh, that what happened right after the Great Litany, which was a reading from the Psalter. And that, uh, a cathisma, uh, the reading of the Psalter, uh, the cathisma, just for those who don't know what a cathisma is, a cathisma is just a way of dividing up the Psalter for the sake of being able to read it in a systematic way because the church assumes that we read through it in a particular fashion and actually has particular cathismas assigned for different services so that you complete it in a set period of time. The reading of scripture, but especially of the Psalms, I think the church uh, asks of us, puts forward for us, especially enshrined within our services, but also encouraged for us within our homes, in our prayer corners, uh, within our own devotional practices. We are enjoined to read scripture, but there is a particular prevalence or priority put on the Psalter. The Psalter itself, uh, the church gives us a clue to this and how to read the Psalter. 
for right before it is very typical uh, in services or as you do the Chisagyan prayers, if you do morning prayers, evening prayers, after you do your Chisagyan prayers, uh, in the Our Father, you say, Glory, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, and then you'll say, Come, let us worship God our King. Come, let us worship and fall down before Christ, our King and our God. Come, let us worship and fall down before Christ himself, our King and our God. The key to the Psalms, as it is for all of Scripture, is, of course, Jesus Christ. Why is that? Well, it operates on many levels. The Psalms are about Jesus Christ. They are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. He is the blessed man that we sing about on Saturday evening in Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the way of the sinners, or sits in the seat of the scornful, etc. We take a few different verses from different places, but the basic uh, idea there at Saturday at Vespers, Great Vespers, uh, is Jesus Christ is actually the blessed man. He is the one that we find throughout the Psalms, the one, the rejected one. The one who has his enemies around him. Uh, the one who uh, is able to rejoice and enter into uh, the holy hill of Zion, uh, etc. The reading of the Psalms is something, um, a practice that many of us are probably not used to. And what I mean by that is not necessarily the reading of the Psalms, but the reading of them in such a way as that we enter into the very world of the texture of the Psalms. That we see Christ fulfilling those psalms, but as we are in the body of Christ and as we seek to follow Jesus Christ, those psalms become alive for us as well. We see our forerunner who has gone on before us, Jesus Christ, forerunner in salvation, and we see and read the psalms and we enter into what it means to follow Jesus Christ. That in being blessed, being part of the blessed man, and following after his righteousness, fulfilling the commandments of God, as Jesus Christ has, uh, that we will be like a tree beside the still water. Uh, you can go through Psalm 22 or 23. I'm sure many of you uh, memorize Psalm 23 slash 22, depending on Septuagint. Uh, and that is all fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Uh, it is also fulfilled especially for us. There is, especially I think poignant that bring this home, is uh, a story from the life of Saint Seraphim Asarov, who would enjoin uh, Christians to basically read the four Gospels, if I'm remembering correctly, at least have them finished uh, every week, I believe, uh, that was so, or maybe every month. But basically, you would need to be reading the Gospels on a regular basis in the way that he would uh, tell his spiritual children. And what he did in his hut, or outside of his hut, as he read scripture, and he read through the Old Testament as well, uh, he would name certain things around, uh, there's Jerusalem, there's Golgotha. Uh, he basically completely entered into the world of scripture. His mind was absorbed in the text. He, if you would like to put it this way, he lived the text. It wasn't, and I don't think this is not some fantasy playing or something, uh, but it is where he was able to interpret his life. It gave him the vision. It gave him, I would say, the mind of Christ. For the mind of Christ is a scriptural mind. As he is the fulfillment, it is also about him. As he, uh, we, when we absorb scripture, will encounter the world through that. We will be able to see ourselves to encourage ourselves, 
to be unified, to be able to be drawn out of ourselves to forgive, to be able to seek humility, as we'll think of the meekness of Moses. Or we will think of the particular passages in the Psalter, and as it sings about the life of Israel. And then we see how that is recapitulated or fulfilled in Jesus Christ. The songs themselves give us a, a mind, the mind of Christ, so that we are able to navigate the world with a different set of eyes. And it's something very important for us because the world is always suggesting ways for us to interpret things, ways for us to evaluate things, ways for us to weigh and measure uh, things that exist in the world. All the time. Uh, I, I'm getting a little spooked now, my phone. Uh, if I am close to, if I'm at the Walgreens that's next to the Starbucks, it pops up my Starbucks thing suggesting to me that I should go get a Starbucks. Uh, there is a constant desire in this world to, to shape us. And if we don't shape ourselves and root ourselves in Scripture, especially in the reading of the Psalms, uh, there's, it's going to be very hard for us to conduct ourselves uh, in such a way worthy of the Gospel. Uh, and that will show itself uh, and a loss of unity, a loss of striving in one mind and one spirit uh, for the sake of the gospel. Uh, we will be carried away. So may God give us the grace to absorb and live the scriptures, but especially the Psalter. Uh, let us find not only our Lord, but ourselves within the scripture to be able to call upon him, to be able to see the powers and principalities that we fight against, as we heard in the hymnody for Venerable Ephemius, uh, the new monastic who fled the world and did great spiritual battle. So, in, through the prayers of the Venerable Ephemius, may God give us a, the mind of Christ as we learn and plant ourselves within his holy word. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.